repelling problems how many of you would like to repel problems out of your life amen praise god when they try to come at you they just bounce off of you well you can do that everything you need family is in the word of god everything you need is tied to the word of god the holy spirit when we were singing told me to tell you to listen in such a way to the message of this is for me Sometimes we listen to messages and we think, oh, that was a good message. I sure wish so-and-so would have heard it. That's really one of the ways the devil gets us to not be doers of the word is to always push it over on to so-and-so. Listen, this is for you tonight. Maybe not every point, but there's something in here for every one of you tonight. And if you'll go home and be a doer of the word, you'll start repelling problems away from your life. Amen. In John 16, verse 33, and just get a clear understanding of how God wants us to be overcomers. He doesn't want us having problems. Amen. Pastor read the scripture recently that we're to have days of heaven upon the earth. You know, most Christians believe that earth is hell. And that when we cross over, you know, we sing songs. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Well, family, today is supposed to be a day of rejoicing. Now, heaven will be fun. We're going to be reunited with some loved ones. And, you know, of course, there's going to be beauty that is unsurpassed. This world can't even hold a candle to the beauty of heaven. But we're supposed to be having days of heaven on the earth. And you need to start confessing, I have days of heaven. I heard one preacher say, I'm going to have 365 days of glory this year. And you need to start declaring, I have 365 days of glory. And if you see a problem starting to come in your life, you say, uh-uh, devil, you can't, that can't happen because today is a day of glory for me. That can't be. That can't happen. And, 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 and see, you've been given dominion in the earth. The Bible says whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you or whatever you allow on earth is allowed in heaven. See, all the jurisdiction for your life has been given to the believer. Amen? Amen. And so you can start to declare some things. You can start to prophesy some things to your own life. Amen? So you're having 365 days of glory. You're having days of heaven on the earth. Your days of problems are over. Your days of depression and oppression are over in the name of Jesus. From now on, you repel problems. Amen. Praise God. John 16, 33. These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. God wants us to have peace. Did you know you can't, that really it's not a peaceful life when you got problems all the time. And he says, in the world ye shall have tribulation. In other words, there's tribulation going to come at you. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome that. Be of good cheer. I've overcome that. Amen. Be of good cheer. I did something about it. Amen. He went to the grave. He went to the cross. He, he went into hell and he reversed the curse. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 14. Boy, you can find lots of scriptures, more than we have time tonight to go through, that tell us how God expects us to be repelling problems. Some people have had a lot of problems in their life. Well, why is that? The Bible says that my people, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. When people have lots of problems, it's not, oh, it's not because they're not good people. Many times they're very good people. They love God much, but they're destroyed for lack of knowledge. They just don't know enough. Amen? Amen. Y'all look at me funny like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I'm telling you, that's why. Amen? Second Corinthians 2 verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in every place. He says, now thanks be unto God, which sometimes causes us to triumph in Christ, but sometimes we're defeated. Is that what it says? It says always. See, I'm like this with God. It's, I, I'm, I'm just really, it's like, God, if you didn't mean it, you shouldn't have said it. If you didn't mean it, you shouldn't have put it in the Bible. Amen. So you either always cause me to triumph or you don't. Amen? Amen? Well, just depends. Listen, faith is so simple. 
Let me tell you how simple faith is. Faith is simply believing the Word of God and letting your actions and words line up with the fact that you believe. Amen. That's all it is. It's just taking God literally at His Word and then letting my actions and my words line up with the fact that I really believe it. Amen? So if I know He always causes me to triumph in Christ and I believe this Word, I'm going to have to do something different. If I really believe this Word, I can't worry, can I? Wow. Man, there's half the body of Christ aren't going to have anything to do all day, every day. <laughs> Are they? First John chapter 5. You're going to find yourself with a lot of free time when you don't have to worry. Amen. Go, listen, family, if you believe He always causes you to triumph in Christ Jesus, the days of walking the floor and wringing your hands, they're over. The days of having a splitting headache because you've got so much tension and so much pressure and you're just so uptight about everything, those things, those days are over. Amen. First Corinthians chapter five, verse four. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Now he said in the world there was tribulation, right? But how are we going to overcome that tribulation? He tells us right here. This is the victory that overcometh the world and the tribulation in the world. Even our faith. Even our faith. You're going to have to do it by faith. What's faith? Faith is believing the Word of God and letting your actions and your words line up with the fact that you believe. Amen? Then he says, Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? See, you're going to have to believe. You'll never overcome without believing. Turn, Look right there in 1 John chapter 5, verse 18. We're talking about repelling problems here. In verse 18, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. We can get to the place where we're keeping ourselves. What are we keeping ourselves in? We're keeping ourselves in that faith that overcomes the world. Amen. And that wicked one touches us not. Amen. He doesn't not touch us because, you know, we're perfect people. No. He doesn't, he not, he doesn't, he's not able to touch us. He's not able to get to us because we're standing on the promises. We're God, we've released faith in the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. Now turn to Proverbs 22, 3. Just getting some scriptures on how to repel problems. Hallelujah. Proverbs 22, verse 3. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. The prudent man seeth evil and hideth himself. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you're smart, you see evil coming, you hide. Amen. You see it coming and you hide. You don't play around with it. You don't open the door with to it and say, oh, just come on in. Amen. Amen. If you see it coming, you hide. Hallelujah. Well, let's see how we hide. Colossians 3.3. 3. Go back to the New Testament again. Y'all were kind of doing Bible drill tonight. Colossians 3.3. 3, but I want you to see this. The prudent man seeth evil and he hideth himself. Proverbs, Colossians 3.3. 3. Y'all getting there? Okay, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Your life is hid with Christ in God. I tell you, if I was you, this is one of the scriptures I confess. I say this over myself. I say, I'm hid with Christ in God. I'm hid with Christ in God. You ought to put a star there or circle it or put a, something around it. And you ought to say over yourself, I'm hid with Christ in God. Amen. Praise God. Turn to 1 Peter 1.5. Talking about repelling problems. Don't forget what we're talking about. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Well, this is another one to put a star and a circle around. 1 Peter 1.5. 1 Peter 1.5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I say this about myself. I say I'm kept by the power of God through faith. I'm kept by the power of God through faith. Amen. God's keeping me by the power of God. How? Through faith. i got to believe it. 
It's not automatic just because you're a Christian, is it? Not automatic just because you do good and you're a good person. Not automatic just because you take the, you, you have a heart, a tender heart and you minister to the poor and not automatic for those things. It's automatic when you have faith in it. When you believe it. I am kept by the power of God through faith. Amen. I want to give you ten things tonight that will repel problems. Ten things you can do in your life that will cause you to repel problems. Now, every one of these is not going to apply to every person here. But one of the ten will apply to everybody here. Or maybe more than that. But at least one of the ten will apply to all of you. The first thing to do to repel problems is to have a positive, word-filled confession. Amen. We can't, if you want to repel problems, you're going to have to change what you say. The best way to change what you say is not to walk around, oops, I'm, oh, I renounced that. You know, I do not, you know, even though, now I do do that. If I say something and I go, oh man, that was a bad confession, I do do that. But the best way to get your confession lined up is to renew your mind. Amen. When you get your mind renewed, you'll just naturally quit saying things that are negative confessions. But if you want to repel problems, you've got to quit saying, that just scares me to death. I just laughed till I nearly died. You know, oh, you know, um, uh, all the things that people say. You'll get where when you the life of God in you and the understanding in you is so bright as you stay focused in the Word of God that when people say that, you'll just kind of mm, cringe. Uh, amen? I mean, you know that's true. We need to have a positive, word-filled confession. Now, I'm talking about your conversation there, but there's another aspect to that. We need also to have the Word of God coming out of our mouth, like I've been sharing with you. I'm kept by the power of God through faith. My life is hid with Christ in God. And, and, all, and, and having the Word of God coming out of us all the time. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. My God always supplies my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What I put my hand to prospers. I'm filled with the knowledge of His will. I have an unction from the Holy One and I know all things. Most of us walk around saying, I don't know. I don't know. Man, I don't know what we're supposed to do. You know, we'll go to prayer and we'll say, Oh, Father, how are we going to pay this bill? Father, I'm asking you to pay this bill. We'll get up from prayer. We'll tell our husband, I don't know how we're going to pray it. First John says, You have an unction from the Holy One. That means an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. Now, you may not know it here yet, but you already know it here. And all you have to do is start. If you'll start saying you know it, it'll go from here to here. Amen. And you'll know what to do. You ought to be saying, I have perfect knowledge of every situation and circumstance that I come up against. Amen. Amen. We need to change what we say. And we'll start repelling problems. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says in John 7 verse 38 that out of the believer's belly will flow rivers of living water. Listen, it's hard to put something in when there's a fountain coming out. Amen. If there, it's like Old Faithful up at Yellowstone. I hadn't seen it, but I've seen pictures of it. But that's a, what is that, a geyser? Okay, that's what it is. And, and man, if that water's coming out with force, it's going to be real hard. In fact, nothing can get in there. As long as that water's coming out, it's pushing everything out. If you have a positive word confession, word-filled confession, it's going to repel problems. It's going to push things back that are coming your way. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 54, I want you to go to that one. This is a scripture you're probably familiar with, but under having a positive word-filled confession. Let's look at this scripture in light of that. Isaiah 54 verse 17. This is a good one for you to confess over yourself. And listen, family, if you're in a trial, you need to, you just, you need to bombard the devil and your own mind with the Word of God. I mean, just walk around saying it all the time. I mean, you get up in the night to go to the restroom, if you do that. Um, and uh, just when you're there, just confessing the Word of God. Just speaking the Word of God. I mean, it's just coming out of your mouth all the time. If you're in a trial, just get, just, just discipline yourself to, ca to cause it to come out of your Word all the time. Amen? Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt shall 
condemn. It doesn't say God will condemn it for you. It says you have to condemn it. Those tongues that's risen against you in judgment. Well, I tell you what, this is not talking about people. It's the devil that's risen his mouth up against you in judgment. He's the accuser of the brethren. Amen. Even if he's turned and tried to use people to do that, if he's tried to use the the IRS or the bank, or he's tried to use some uh, entity, a loan company, or he's tried to use the city or some some uh, organization to come against you, listen. The devil's at the root of it. He's the accuser of the brethren. Amen. Amen. And quit fighting organizations and start fighting the devil and don't fight him by talking to the devil all the time. Just speak the Word of God. Amen. Amen. And say, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that's risen against me in judgment, I utterly condemn it. And God, you will show it to be in the wrong. Amen. One version says it that way. says that you will utterly condemn it and then God will show it to be in the wrong. See, you've got to give some God something to work with. The Bible says that God hastens over His Word to perform it. I know one time when I was new in this, just baptized in the Holy Spirit, didn't know a lot about faith or anything, and I, I was fighting off symptoms in my body. And I was just like whining to the Lord more than anything. Oh, Father, you know, and just whining. And the Lord said, Debbie, you're not putting putting out enough word to give me anything to perform. Most Christians aren't putting out enough to give God anything to perform. He only performs His Word. Amen. He only performs His Word. He only performs His Word. Quit praying your problem and start praying the Word. Quit praying about you. He already knows about the problem. You don't need to tell Him about it. Start speaking His Word back to Him. And it will activate God on your behalf. Amen. And those weapons that have tried to prosper against you, they'll quit prospering. Amen. Number two way to repel problems is to have a positive outlook on life. That means that you always expect the best. You always expect things to go for you in your favor and to be good. You don't get up in the morning thinking, oh, I wonder what's going to go wrong today. You don't think like that. You think, man, I wonder how God's going to bless me today. My steps are ordered by the Lord. I delight myself in the Lord. He gives me the desires of my heart. He's got a good plan for my life. Praise God. God's going to bless me today. Things are going my way today. Did you know that worry is creating problems that don't even yet exist? Did you know that? Worry is borrowing troubles, we call it. It's, 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 well, oh, just fretting over what might happen. That you don't even know if it will happen yet or not. Listen, when we have a positive outlook on life, even when seems like something isn't going just like we'd like it, when it seems to be raining on our picnic, we have a God's going to work this out attitude. Amen. God's going to work this out on my behalf. Amen. God's going to turn this for good for me. Amen. That's the attitude we have, and we don't back down on it. Amen. Don't ever back down on it. Even when it looks like it's going just the opposite. Just say, God's working this out on my behalf. Listen, family, see, sometimes we put God in a box, and we say, well, you know, in order for God to bless me, I have to have this. You know, some things people think for God to bless them, they got to have an eight-to-five job. Now, I didn't know where, that, where they found that rule. Now, we're not supposed to be lazy and lay on, but I'm talking about somebody lose their job or, or a situation not go right. Listen, that doesn't mean you don't have, you don't get to, you don't get blessed that week. You don't get to eat. Amen. Hey, amen. If you're a tither, the devourer is rebuked for your sake. You've got to, you've got to, listen, it can't go wrong for you if you'll stay in faith. It can't be bad for you. It's got to work out for good if you'll stay in faith. But I tell you what happens is most Christians jump ship. They get over there and self-pity. They get over there and whine around. They abandon their faith confession. They begin to question themselves and question God. And I wonder what I did wrong. And maybe we shouldn't have done this. And maybe it was never God's will for me to do this. You are just destroying your own faith when you do that. Amen. It's true. 
Listen, we got to walk confidently. Listen, I may have missed God, but I was walking in all the light I had, and I'm expecting Him to be big enough to get me out of it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Number three, to stay repelling problems, is to have a clean atmosphere free from demonic influence and activity. Family, you don't know how many problems people have just because their atmosphere that they live in and that they walk in is not clean. And if you work in an atmosphere that's not clean, you need to go in fortified with the blood and with the name and with the Word of God. If you work in an unclean atmosphere, and you need to be using your faith to get out of that. But one thing for sure, your home doesn't have to be an unclean place. There, I tell you, drugs, those, that, those, those drugs and, and the drug paraphernalia and, and alcohol and, and, um, and the music, certain music and movies and occult paraphernalia, those things will, will cause an atmosphere that demons and demonic activity hang around. Amen. Really? And you know, I know, well, you say, well, Christians wouldn't have drugs in their home. Well, maybe not, but you know, a lot of Christians don't even stand up to their kids. And they got d kids in rooms that are painted black with occult stuff on the teenagers I'm talking about, on the walls, and, and, and you know, letting that kind of stuff in your house. Amen. I'm not living in it. I'm not living in it. I like what, uh, oh, who's that guy, that motivational speaker? Van Crouch says he put a sign on his refrigerator when his boys were teenagers, and it said, it's my way or the highway. <laughs> Listen, some of us needs to post a sign and say, it's my way or the highway. Amen. And you're not ruining my life, kid. You, you parents, I'm telling you, you got to get to the point where you say you can do what you want to, but I'm leading abundant life. Amen. Amen. Um, so we have to clean some things out. We ought not to have things about the zodiac and the horoscope. Listen, I don't know. Sometimes I'm thinking some Christians are brain dead. It's like, where is your discerner? Listen, turn your discerner on. When I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I said, Lord, I don't know why I prayed this, but I remember praying it. I said, Lord, let me have discernment. Let me discern. And you know what? I can tell you, I don't have to have some big revelation. You can just look at it and say, that's not what my kids need to be playing with. That's not good. Teletubbies, you don't even have to, you don't even have to have a, you don't even have to be a rocket scientist. I can tell. It's not God. It's an ungodly atmosphere. Well, yeah, you say, but one wouldn't hurt. Well, one wouldn't, but if you're dumb about that, you're probably dumb about a bunch of other stuff. Uh, you know, Pokemon. I wrote some stuff down about Pokemon today. I'm on Pokemon kick. There's one Pokemon guy that's called Kadabra. His nickname is Super Psy, and he... Uh, he emits special alpha waves. Now, this is what the little toy says he does. He emits special alpha waves from his body that induce headaches even to those nearby. Listen, when we let our kids play with stuff like that, we're teaching them to practice witchcraft. Amen. And we do this so they can be popular. It's like, I'll sacrifice you to the devil, kids, so you can be popular at school. Amen. I mean, really, think about it. Uh, the people that make... Pokemon, the company is called Wizards of the Coast. It's the same company that owns Dungeons and Dragons, and Hasbro just bought them out last September. Pokemon also promotes transcendental meditation, a bunch of, among a bunch of other stuff. And one mom did this. Now I wanted to tell you, because this mom is ignorant, she's dumber than dirt. I read this in a magazine, a Christian magazine. She didn't want to tell her kids no, they couldn't have it, so she does this. She says that they're dangerous, and many parents don't realize the danger, she says. So she just prays over them and binds the spirits. So then any kid that comes to her house and plays with them is protected. They just become harmless cards. How ignorant can you get? Listen, you cannot walk in, what does pastor call it? Not authority, but jurisdiction. You cannot play with the devil and have jurisdiction over the devil too. Decide which you're going to do. You're going to play with him or you're going to have jurisdiction over him. 
Amen. And yeah, there's going to be some sacrifices. I, on this side of it, it doesn't seem very big at all. Maybe at that point in a kid's life, you know, you have to tell the kid you got to throw this away. Maybe it is a big thing. On this side of my life, it's like, what's the deal? But, you know... Uh, Turn to 2 Peter 2, 7, or I'll just tell you what it says. Listen, if you think these things don't have an effect on our life, 2 Peter 2, 7 says that righteous Lot was vexed. He was vexed. That means, I looked it up in Strong's Dictionary, oppressed. He was oppressed with the filthy conduct and conversation of the wicked. When we hang around with this demonic paraphernalia and stuff, it's going to vex us. Amen. There's oppression that comes. I'm telling, I, there, there's, there's one family I'm thinking about. Now, if I step on your toes here, I'm sorry and I, I don't want to. But those, those collectible, highly collectible, expensive things, they're those gnomes. Those black, dark, they're dark looking. I don't even know why anybody would think they were pretty. I think they're the ugliest things I ever saw in my life. But those things are demonic. One family I know of them has a large collection. They're spirit-filled Christians. I cannot tell you the problems this family has with their children. Let me tell you something right here. Let me teach you, okay? Proverbs says that the curse causeless shall not come. What that means is, is when the curse is coming in our life, there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason, and we need to find the reason and lay the axe to the root of the tree. Yeah. Amen? Sometimes we're just wanting to paste mandate. God fix this, God fix that, and he's, wanting, he's willing to fix it, but He's wanting you to go and put the axe at the root of the tree. Amen. Amen? We need a clean atmosphere to live in. The fourth thing that will repel problems is joy and laughter. First of all, the devil hates joy and he hates laughter. He's the author of oppression, depression, sadness. In Isaiah 61 verse 3, he says to put on the oil of joy for mourning and to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When heaviness or when problems or troubles start coming your way, put on the garment of praise. Get over into joy. Get over into laughter in the name of Jesus. And it will repel problems. Fill your home with laughter and joy. See, it's a choice many times. Now, people can get so bound that, that it's not as simple. You know, uh, Mary Engelbright, I don't know if y'all know this. She's an artist. And, and I say anybody familiar with Mary Engelbright? Okay, a few people. Anyway, she's an artist. She has this little girl. She draws cards, and she has little witty sayings. And one of the little witty sayings, she has a little girl, and it just says, snap out of it. This little girl has an attitude. A snap out of it. We, and, and I know my aunt told me one day, I had a little stuffed doorstop, and it had that little girl, and, and it said, snap out of it. And my aunt said, now she's Episcopalian, and, uh, and she's a hypochondriac, and we won't go into all that. But she said, it's just not that simple. And yeah, I know people can get so bound with the devil that it's not just that simple. But when we first start out, that's just how simple it is. Amen. Now we can keep yielding to that devil until we are so bound by him that just snapping out of it isn't enough. It's going to take more than just snapping out of it. But when we're first starting out and that, that, that oppression or that feeling of sadness, that feeling starts coming towards us, then it tries to come to everybody. Amen? We can just snap out of it. We can just say, no, I'm not taking that and begin to get over into joy, begin to get over into laughter. Amen? Now, number five way to repel problems is to understand the power of the blood and the power of the name of Jesus. If you don't understand the power of the blood of Jesus and you don't understand the power that's in that name, you're going to have a hard time repelling problems. Amen? Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. That's talking about the devil. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. There's a power in the blood. Amen? Some, some religions want to do away with the blood. They, that's a messy thing. They don't want it in their church. They don't want it in their lives. But I want the power of the blood, don't you? 
We can speak the blood. We can draw a bloodline. We can, you need to take authority and jurisdiction around your house. And then, like I said, you can't play with the devil and have the authority and jurisdiction. You may have to clean out some stuff first. Amen. But then you can draw a bloodline around your house and tell the devil he's not trespassing on your property. He's not sending tornadoes and destruction to your property. The Bible says that the Lord sent his word and healed me and delivered me from what? Destruction. So what the destruction that devil has planned for me, with the Word of God, I can be delivered from it. Amen? You can plead the blood over your car and your children's cars and plead the blood over them. Amen? And keep them protected by the blood. Now, we don't do it in fear. We do it in faith. There's a difference. You know, Job, he was over here praying and offering sacrifices, but he was doing it in fear, and he attracted those things to him. But we don't do it in fear. Oh, I'm just going to say this and I'm just, just going to worry and fret at the same time. But I'm just going to say this and, and, and I'm just hoping this works. You know, I told one lady about tornadoes. I said, I said, the Bible says that the house of the righteous shall stand. Why would I want to go to the courthouse and get in the, in, in the town we lived in? You went to the basement of the courthouse. That was the big shelter. Why would I want to go to the shelter when the house of the righteous will stand? And she said, so you're telling me that if I just walk around saying that over and over, that it'll work, that it'll keep. But you know, it's not like some sort of incantation. You know, it's not some sort of magic thing. It's faith. Listen, when you know the house of the righteous will stand, you don't really even have to say it. Oh, you may just remind yourself and the people in the house, praise God, the house of the righteous will stand. But you're not walking around worrying and oh, the house of the righteous will stand now. Just I hope this works. No, you've got to get in faith about this. Well, how do you get there? Just keep renewing your mind. You'll get there. Just keep putting it in over and over. You'll get there. Amen. And so we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Number six way to repel problems is to have a knowledge of who you are in Christ. If you know who you are in Christ, then the devil knows you know who you are in Christ. Amen? Now he has low-level demons, as one person has referred to them at. They listen to you. They watch you. They know if you know who you are in Christ. They listen to you. Familiar spirits, that's how, they, that's how they operate. That's how psychics can tell you sometimes things that are true. Amen. They can't ever tell the future. They don't know your future, but they can tell you your past. Why? Because a little familiar spirit watched. Amen. And the psychic operates by a familiar spirit. And you know the advertisement on TV, they said, well, you know, you had an affair last week. And they hang up the phone, you know. Y'all saw that too, I guess. Well, you know, it, I'm so sure it was true. I'm sure that they hit it. It was a familiar spirit. Amen. Well, familiar spirits also watch you to see if you know who you are in Christ. And when you do, they leave you alone. Amen. You start repelling problems. They get this, well, it don't no good do no good to go there. It don't do no good to go there. We're just wasting our time. They know who they are in Christ. Getting like, uh, Les was it Lester Summerall? Or did he just tell the story about somebody else? I don't remember this. But anyway, I think it was Lester Summerall telling it on Smith Wigglesworth that there was a commotion in the bedroom. The, something was a rattling and the bed was a rattling and a shaking. And he woke up and he looked out, he got, he looked around, realized it's the devil. And he said, oh, it's just you. And laid back down and went to sleep. Amen. See, knowing who we are in Christ. I want you to turn to uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14, which is a scripture we've already read tonight, but I want to point out something into it. You find out who you are in Christ by renewing your mind in the epistles, especially Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And you go and you find every time it says, in Him, in whom, in Christ, 
and you begin to meditate on those scriptures. Like I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, with Christ. Uh, anytime it says in whom, in him, in Christ, with Christ, any of the things that you are in Christ. 2 Corinthians 2.14. I didn't go there. I got distracted, didn't I? It says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. Where? In Christ. Why do some Christians not triumph? Because they don't know in Christ. They don't know who they are in Christ. We're all just, we're learning, aren't we? Now, Pastor and I, we're learning. We're, doing every, we're, we're renewing our mind. We're doing everything we can to renew our mind to who we are in Christ. Listen, we have to remind ourselves of it. This whole world pulls on us, doesn't it? Amen. But we remind ourselves who we are in Christ and we get strong. When you know who you are in Christ, you'll get strong. And you'll quit being intimidated. And you'll quit walking in guilt. I don't hardly walk in guilt anymore. I used to feel guilty about everything. Listen, guilt is a faith robber. Amen. God doesn't want you to feel guilty. Amen. Amen. A lot of people just feel like that's how we're supposed to be, is guilty. <coughs> Whipped down. No. No, we're supposed to feel good about ourselves. We're in Christ. Amen. My life is hid with God in Christ. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The seventh thing to repel problems is obedience to God. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 11 says that God will show us things to come. See, God shows us things. As we seek Him, He will show us things. Most Christians ignore what God shows them. I know I've done it myself where, you know, I encountered a difficulty of some kind and I went, later I went, mm, God was showing me not to do that. God was showing me not to do that. I had that impression not to do that. I just felt for a minute, don't do that. And I went ahead and I did it anyway. And see, God's trying to show us things. Amen. We need to learn to discern that. We need to be, the best way to learn to discern it is to start obeying it. Amen. See, we can get numb to His voice because we disobey His voice. If we'll be quick to obey. Amen. Amen. See, a lot of times the reason this, this kind of confuses us because we'll hear something and so we'll do it, and then nothing happens. And we go, well, see, I must have just missed it. Listen, that's the point. Amen. See, we missed the whole point. That's what's supposed to happen is nothing when you obey Him. Amen. That's what's supposed to happen. That proves you did hear Him because nothing happened. You know, I heard Keith Moore say, you know, he says that he moves really slowly that he just doesn't get in a big hurry about anything. And that him and Phyllis were supposed to go somewhere. And he just thought, mm, I think I'll just sit down for a while. He just, you know, it's just like he didn't have that green light in his spirit yet. And they were supposed to leave on a trip or something or go somewhere. And so he's just kind of sat down in his easy chair for a while. And then he thought, she said, well, are we going to go? And he says, well, I'm not, I don't know, not right, not right now or you know, and he just put it off. Just couldn't get... And he said, well, and we just prayed for a while then. And he said, you know, we just never did go. And then somebody said, well, Keith, what happened? And he said, nothing. That's the whole point. See, we need to get like that. Where we just obey God. You know, sometimes I get up in the morning and I think, I think I'll go shopping. And then I kind of think, you know, I don't think I will. See, you know, that's the Holy Ghost leading us. He lives inside of us. Amen. But some of us just run on past. Just run on past that, that light that's not green. Kind of like we drive. If you just always go through on yellow, sometimes you're going you're gonna to catch it someday. Aren't you? And that's how it is when we walk in God. Somebody under conviction over here on the front row? <laughs> Kevin, do we, you want us to have a little repentance service here? <laughs> you know, that if we are like that in God, if we're always just pushing it and just going past, amen? 
You know what? That sale, it'll be there. I get the attitude of like, I probably didn't need it anyway. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Colossians 1.28 says, this may shock you right here, that one of the major ways God warns us is through preaching. Let's read that, Colossians 1.28. God warns us through preaching. So many of us just come to church, and probably not in this church, but many times, many places. Just It's our Sunday duty. It's what good people do. No, you ought to come in here to receive. You need to come in here to be warned. And you ought to heed the warnings. God's talking to you. Most of the problems, listen, we even know this, Pastor and I, most of the things that, that we know that our people have encountered if they would have heard with ears to hear, we talked about those things. We taught on those things. You know, sometimes people aren't here when they need to be here. Amen. I'm not going to... You're here tonight, so I'm not preaching at you. Amen? But you know that's true. So I think the devil tries to do that, don't you? Colossians 1.28 says, Whom we preach warning every man. And teaching every man in all wisdom. Listen, you know where you're going to get a lot of your wisdom? From the teaching of the Word of God. See, we go to God, oh God, I need wisdom for this. Well, how do you think He's going to get to you? One of the main ways He's going to get it to you is through the teaching of the Word of God. How's He going to warn you? One of the main ways He's going to warn you is through the Word of God. Amen. The preaching of the Word of God. Did you come to be... To receive wisdom tonight? Did you come to be warned in the name of Jesus? I mean, you know, sometimes we can get kind of a, a little bit um, resistant to the Word of God, if that's a word we can use. It's like, well, you know, I don't know why. Devil working on our mind, trying to get us where he can get a problem into our life. Ezekiel chapter 33, 5 says, we won't turn there, but it says, He that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. Listen, we need to take the warnings God gives us. Amen? We need to take the warnings God gives us. The eighth thing to repel problems is to live a balanced life. Now, how many of you know this is real easy? Too much of anything is not good. You know that? Too much sleep is not good. Proverbs tells us that if we sleep too much, that our poverty will come on us like an armed bandit. But how many of you know that too little sleep is not good either? We're supposed to lead a balanced life. The Bible says moderation, isn't it? Too much food's not good. Too little food's not good. Too much work is not good. Too much play's not good. A lot of people have problems in their marriage because a lot of men have problems. They, they, they cause problems in their marriage because they play too much. They hunt too much. Listen. Come on up here and sit by Kevin. Okay, I'll say it. They play golf too much. Does that feel better? Listen. I mean, I told my husband, he worked too much. He never played too much. But when he was a farmer, he worked too much. And I told him one day, I said, listen, I got married for one reason. And that was companionship. That's the only reason. Now either get in here and let's be companions or... or <laughs> amen? Listen, I'm telling you... It's going, if you hunt too much or golf too much or do anything too much, too much play, you're going to cause problems in your marriage. Or if she shops too much or talks on the phone to her mother too much or to anybody too much. Amen? Amen? I mean, we're supposed to be together. Now, you could do that too much too. <laughs> I mean, you can smother one another. And that's not, that's imbalanced. That's not God. But you know, we cause our own problems sometimes because we don't lead balanced lives. We can watch TV too much. I tell you, I'm going to make a suggestion. I've noticed just from observation of some of y'all that you don't communicate with each other. And the reason I'll say, because I'll say, 
Well, did so-and-so tell you? You know, I'll say, did your husband tell you that? I won't call a name. And go, no. Or I'll say to him, did so-and-so tell you that? Uh-uh. One thing Pastor and I, and we have a good marriage and a strong marriage, we've always done is we talk a lot. We communicate a lot. I would advise you to turn that tube off this week one evening, husband, and say, Honey, let's go for a drive. Man. <laughs> you would have thought I told him to do something, really. <laughs> like, go for a drive. And a holy hush comes on the... <laughs> we go for drives. That's why we know about everything about Tuscaloosa and Northport. And we've only lived here two and a half years. It's because we go driving. Amen? Amen. And... You know, you could say, let's go for a walk. And then sometimes we just sit in the living room and talk. We just talk about everything. And I tell him everything, and he tells me everything. And, you know, you just hardly ever will find something I know he don't know. And you'll just hardly ever find something he knows I don't know. And if it, if it is, I just forgot to tell him. You know, see... You need to have a balanced life and it'll just take away a lot of problems. Amen. Number nine way to repel problems is to be bold to end unhealthy relationships. We talked about that some last week. Listen, you need to end unhealthy relationships. Amen. Amen. See, if you're decreasing me, now listen to this. Y'all may think this is callous, but it's really the truth. If you're decreasing me, I don't need you. Amen. See, if I'm really helping you, even though you may have a mountain of problems, if I'm really helping you, it won't decrease me. If I'm really helping you, it won't decrease me. Amen. I like to help people with problems. I don't mind listening to people with, and, and listening to their problems and giving them solutions with the Word of God and you know, encouraging their faith and praying with them. I don't mind doing that. I like to do that. I like to counsel. really like to do that. But listen, if you start decreasing me, you know, I need to get rid of those relationships if it's pulling me down. And I don't have to tell them. I just start moving another direction. Amen? Number 10, the 10th way to repel problems is prayer. Now, I, I'm not just telling you this religiously, like, you know, oh yeah, I know, praying's good. No, I'm telling you that the Word of God says in 1, P, 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, it says, pray for all men and those in authority, and then it says why? That you might, have, might lead a quiet and peaceable life. See, when we pray for men, all men, and men in authority, it causes no problems not to come. They make wise decisions for our country and our nation, our city, and it eliminates problems. Amen? So we pray. In, and in Romans 8.26, it says that when we pray in the Holy Ghost, in tongues, that it helpeth our infirmities. And that word infirmities means weaknesses. Amen? How many of you know it's your weaknesses that is causing you problems? Amen. It's your character weaknesses that have caused the problems that you're walking in now, many of them. Well, if we pray in the Holy Ghost, we get rid of our weaknesses. I don't know how, but it works them out. It works them out. Turn to 1 Thessalonians verse five, chapter 5, verse 23. When we pray, we repel problems. See, we pray in the Spirit, and God's able to do things for us that we don't even know about. We're not just, we're not just doing a mumbo-jumbo. We're actually speaking a heavenly language. This is actually words. We are speaking things. And God always uses words. He created the world with words. He can't do anything without words. He's looking for words. So when you pray in tongues, you're actually getting something done. Amen? And when you pray in tongues, you don't need an interpreter. 
There's a lot of people get confused about that. There's two kinds of tongues, really. They both come from the same source. They both sound alike. But in the church, there is, a, there is an, an utterance in tongues, and that needs interpretation. But our prayer language does not need any interpretation. The Bible says, He that prays in tongues speaketh to God. Amen. Amen? We're talking to God. We don't need an interpretation. We're not talking to you. Amen. We're talking to God. And He's helping our weaknesses. And He's averting things for us. And He's working out situations. He's working the kinks out. Amen. Amen. He'll work the kinks out at your job as you pray in tongues. Amen. Are y'all at First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23? It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Listen to this. And I pray. See, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I pray, your whole, the entire, your entire spirit, your entire soul, your entire body be preserved blameless until when? Until rapture day. He says, that's what I do. That's what I pray. See, praying will repel problems. Praying will preserve you, your whole body. Amen? Amen? Let's go out of here with all our body parts. Amen? My whole body. Not, not having to have anything removed. My whole, I pray. My whole spirit. Now, if you've already had something removed, there's no condemnation. But we ain't taking nothing else out, okay? Let's believe God for that. Let's believe this scripture. Say this one. I say this one over myself. Father, you're preserving my whole body, my whole spirit, my whole body, my whole soul, blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? How do we repel those problems? We repel them with prayer. I pray. What do I pray? I pray this word. I pray the word. And then I pray in the Spirit. Amen. Well, I had it in my heart that we would pray tonight. Amen. That's what we're ending with. And, and you know, I had God put it in my heart and that we'd pray tonight. And, and so I think we need to pray. And I believe we'll repel some problems. Amen. So let's stand up together. Now, we're going to pray in the Spirit. This isn't going to need it.